Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday evening. We haven't done one of these afternoon slash evening episodes in a long time, but here we are at a little after 5.30 p.m. on Sunday, the last Sunday of November. I don't know where this year has gone, but we are here. Richie Barnes, TJ Pittenger, glad to be with you guys again. Richie, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good, man. Had a nice day of just... Resting on the couch all day, watched a, a little football, fell asleep during the Bucks game, but woke up just in time to see the only part that mattered. Um, you know, a long day yesterday with the trip up to Gainesville. We'll get into that, but you know, overall can't complain. How about you? Um, not too bad. I just got back from dropping my kids off at the in-laws, which is always my favorite, uh, my favorite time of the week to have a night of peace. And so <laughs> <laughs> just take it out. Uh, I'm going to talk a little FSU football, wrap up the 2021 football season, and kind of look ahead a little bit. But glad to be with you guys. Thanks for hanging out. We won't be super long tonight. We'll certainly talk about the game yesterday in the Swamp. We will um, kind of recap the season, share our thoughts, talk about uh, overall what our perspective is there, and then um, go around the horn with some different uh, – some different FSU sports that are all kind of taking place right now and then get out of here. Um, before we get into any of that, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations, as I've told you, for a little over a year now, 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them Double Fries No Slaw sent you. And make sure to pick up your gut box and throw that coleslaw out. Make sure you get Double Fries No Slaw. Richie, Florida State drops a game to uh, – Florida, 24 to 21, went down to the wire. Um, but Florida State comes up just short. We'll kind of talk about the game. We'll break it down, talk about a couple of different uh, big factors, big plays, big things that happened. But immediate thoughts, immediate reaction to FSU's loss yesterday. Yeah, so I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game yet. And on my way to Gainesville, we left about 8.15. It's about an hour, 45-minute drive, right? Four hours. So I get into the swamp midway through the first quarter. My wife has texted me, Jordan Travis got hurt. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So I get there, you know, watch the game in the first half. You know, it's back and forth. Remind me a, a lot of, you know, down there a couple of years ago when, you know, neither team could do much offensively, that punt fest. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, I think the muff punt, we'll, we'll get into it, but that that completely turned the game around. And from there, I never felt great at, that we could come back and win this game. It just didn't seem like we had it, and I haven't had a chance to watch the TV broadcast yet, so I know there's a lot of things I probably missed. Um, but overall, uh, you know, Vegas set the spread at three and a half and uh, by kickoff, and UF won by three. So, I mean, again, they're right on there. I just saw a lot of missed opportunities from Florida State. You know, every chance they had, something goes their way. You know, for whatever reason, Greg Knox kept trotting every Jones out there, and he kept giving Florida State early Christmas presents, and we did nothing with them. Uh, ultimately, I think that was the story of the game. But yeah, it's frustrating loss. Um, frustrating way to end the season when you had so much momentum going on. Because if you had won that game, it, that man, the momentum that you could ride to the offseason, a bowl game, that's great. Um, but not an indictment on the season as a whole. Like We'll get into that later. But yeah, it's just frustrating overall in, in the stands uh, watching that game. What was your view, vantage point from the press box up there? Yeah, so... Um... 
shout out to the good people over at UF. I originally got denied a press credential and I emailed and basically said like, Hey, uh, you guys sure. <laughs> and then like last second, I, I wasn't even going to go last second. I got an email. I was like, Hey, you actually can. I was like, I'm on my way. And so, um, worked out. Yeah. I, I kind of the same as you. I thought that Florida state had chances in the game and wasn't able to capitalize, um, early and, and, you know, I, I, I still kind of believe, you know, I'll back up. I will just jump right into it. My, my initial reaction is that the game went down about like I thought it was. I thought Florida state was better than Florida and would have beat them if things, all things kind of being equal. But I do think that the, the great, equalizer the great difference in this game were the turnovers now the turnover battle ended three to three but i you know i wrote in the outline that not all turnovers are created equally um when you look at the way that the turnovers happened um when you look at the timing in the game that they happened and when you look at where on the field they happened um florida was given i'll say better turnovers, better opportunities with their turnovers. Our turnovers were a little bit more detrimental and that ended up being the difference in the game. Um, Florida's first two turnovers uh, came with, uh, well, Florida's first turnover came with um, Jordan Travis injured. And and that's really where you kind of have to start, right? Before you even get into the turnovers, Florida state comes out, has what looks like a pretty good drive going um, where they picked up a couple of first downs and Travis gets hurt um, up around, you know, up in, you know, Florida's territory, Florida state gets the ball into Florida's territory is driving. Looks like they're going to go tie the game up or at least get a shot at a field goal. Travis gets hurt. Milton has to come in. Florida state ends up going three and out once Milton comes in. And that's the end of that. Right. Next yeah. possession, Milton throws an interception. Next possession, Rotomaker comes in and can't get anything done. In those three possessions, I would have loved to have seen what Jordan Travis could have done because he looked really, really good before he went out, and then he also looked really, really good once he came back in. Florida State does score a touchdown to end up tying it up. It's 7-7 seven to seven at halftime. Obviously, some stuff happened in between there. Another Florida turnover. Florida State doesn't end up getting a field goal at the end of the half. Um, but their turnovers that came in the first half, none of them put Florida state into scoring position. And we'll talk about the second half turnovers in just a moment, but none of their turnovers put us into scoring position and we had our backups, our backup quarterbacks in. And so I think that to me, that's the biggest, that was the biggest issue is we well, didn't really be, have an opportunity yeah. to do anything with their turnovers. To, to be fair, what wasn't one of those interception, the end zone. So you essentially, save points the defense saved you some points there on that one um but like you said the as far as what we did with it compared to what they did with their turnovers totally different story yeah i mean you you didn't have an opportunity to really do anything with ours and and i would have loved to have seen because the defense put you in a really good spot that first drive stunk they had a great play a great broken tackle on the first drive of the game where they end up scoring a touchdown that's fine i'm okay with that but the defense outside of the first four minutes of the game, the defense pitched a shutout in that first half. And I would have loved to have seen what could have been, what would have been the score had Travis been in there. 
the 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 drives that he was in in the first half, Florida State got into Florida territory, scored a 68 yard uh, scored a touchdown on a 68 yard drive, and then moved the ball 53 yards at the end of the half. Right, so they were moving the ball with Travis in yeah. uh, in the first half, and you'd have loved to have seen what. You know, if you go to the lead, if you go to the half with a 17 to 7 lead, or you go to the half with even a 14 to 7 lead, um, because you're able to capitalize on some of those Emory Jones early mistakes, I think you put yourself in a better position um, to, to come out and, and have a chance in the second half. Second half starts, Florida State goes three and out um, in an absolutely shanked punt. Um, First bad day getting, Nash Romano's had. He, he's been solid all year, but yesterday was rough yeah, for him. I take that back. This point was 35 yards. Still not great. But yeah. Xavier Henderson returns it 14 yards, gets into Florida State territory. Florida gets a couple of first downs, kicks a field goal to go up 10. Um, Florida State gets deep into Florida territory, but a sack on third and nine backs him up. They have to punt. Um, a great punt here. Went down to the one-yard line. Uh, Florida State's defense comes out again and forces a three and out. But the biggest play of the game, uh, Florida State muffs a punt, and Florida gets the ball back inside a field goal range, uh, 33 yards away from the end zone. And Florida ends up winning – I'm sorry, scoring there on a short field on a turnover. And that was really the difference. You know, from there, Florida goes up two scores – Game's certainly not over by this point. This is very early. This is with about five minutes to go. I'm sorry, about two minutes to go in the third quarter. So there's plenty of time left. Mm -hmm. But it just felt so deflating because your defense had just gotten uh, an inc a great stop on the other team's goal line. You know, on on your goal line, they were backed up on their own goal line. Sorry, they were backed up. You forced the three and out. A punt inside the ten. Shout out to their punter, Jeremy Crenshaw. Punt that he kicked the heck out of the ball there. Went 61 yards, um, backed uh, – who was it? Wilson up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and backed Wilson up, made him try to catch it pretty awkwardly. We've obviously talked about the emphasis on catching punts. Great <laughs> punt there by that kid, and that's really what ended up leading to the muffing. He tried to catch it over his shoulder, could not do it. Florida dives on it and ends up taking the two-score lead. Florida State then immediately throws an interception – and Florida goes down and scores again to go up 24 to seven. And the defense that had gotten stop after stop after stop after stop in the first half, two things happened. One, Emory Jones came out. So the easy turnover stopped happening. Two, the defense was exhausted and yeah. out there time after time after time after time. Florida had um, a field goal drive early. Then we had to punt it away. Then they had Florida State went out and got another stop. We muffed the punt, so the defense was right back out there. Threw an interception two plays out later. The defense was right back out there. And so they were worn down, ended up giving up the touchdown to Florida. And to me, those are the two plays of the game. The yeah. muffed punt and then the interception by Travis right after that, which did get reviewed, and I don't think it was interception. But at the end of the day, they called it one. We had a call go yeah. our way later. Richardson didn't end up getting a first down. But he probably did. So it stinks. But – you take one for one there and say, you know, yeah, what are you yeah. going to do? ACC officials, right? So was, was there 22 but, penalties for 200 yards? My goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was a lot on both teams. I thought the officiating was pretty bad both ways. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, I think Anthony – you know, we don't score that last touchdown if they don't – if they call that a first down on, yeah. by Anthony Richardson. So 
the game ends up being, you know, a 10 point loss instead of three, which, you know, I don't know how much that matters or not, but yeah, the muffed punt, I thought totally changed the game. You know, I don't know that Florida state would have won without it, but I do know that they would have had a chance to come out and throw an interception two plays later. Um, and, and, and frustrating too, on a second one, you know, on Florida's 34, yeah. you know, we had a really good chance. Um, and we were in Florida territory down by 10 and, and to throw an interception there. Um, no, I'm sorry. We were on our own 34. This is, this box score is wrong by, uh, by ESPN, but either way to, to throw that interception is frustrating as well. You know, things are going to happen. I don't think Jordan Travis had an interception in the last five games. So, yeah. you know, him throwing one in this one is, is not into the world. But for them to happen back-to-back, to put the defense back out there, um, like I said, not all turnovers created the same. They scored 14 off of ours. We scored seven off of theirs. It ended up being the difference in the game. Yeah, and it, for me, it was the muff punt. You know, I said at the beginning of this show, it, the muff punt cha- completely changed the game, right? Because you had said the defense went out, did their part, and before they can even, uh, you know, take a sip of water on the sideline, they're getting called back out onto the field, and, and it's frustrating. And time of possession wasn't that skewed for the most part. I think they had a 32-28 uh, edge roughly. But situations like that, it, it kind of encompassed the entire season, right? At least the first four games where Florida State didn't play horribly, but they were horrible in certain situations. Um, and that's what happened again yesterday, and it, it's frustrating. And, you know, we, we have a listener here talking about addressing the special teams coach, John Papuchis. Um, you know, he's he's done a phenomenal job of the defensive ends, but I do agree <laughs> that special teams has to take a step forward because next year, you know, six wins shouldn't be the expectation or the, or the minimum. You know, you want more than that. And if you can improve your special teams significantly, which shouldn't be hard based on what we saw this year, that could be the difference in a game or two. Um, but yeah, that, that it was funny. Like all the Gator fans around there going nuts. Like, I can't believe he just dropped that. And I look at him and I was friendly with him most of the game. I'm like, yeah, you know, that, that doesn't surprise me. I'm like, I'm more surprised he tried to catch it than that. He tried to catch it and dropped it. Uh, but yeah, that, that, I felt the game was over from there. Obviously it wasn't, there was a, an onside kick attempt that I think we have to discuss with that, uh, is what finished the game. And I, have you ever yeah, seen anything and- like that? I'm going to go back to the um, – before I go to the onside kick. Yeah, going back to the um, special teams, I mean, I completely agree. Um, you talk about being surprised that he even tried to catch it. Um, it was just such a great kick by their punter. Like, I just – you know – like, I'm And he's not a good punter. punter. That's so frustrating. Yeah, he, he had been terrible he had all year. He an 18-yarder last week <laughs> against South Carolina. So um, – against Missouri, sorry – but because they were backed up and punting for, you know, so like I'm not the X's nose guy. I'm not the, you know, break everything down guy, but, but I'll break this one down. Because they were backing up so much, Florida State set up for the return and he's expecting to have good field position. And that's why his toes are dug in on our own 45. And he's thinking, I'm going to catch this thing. And even if he hits a 50-yard punt, he's going to kick it to me on my own 45 and I'm going to get f- – five to seven yards, or I'm just going to fair catch it here on my own 45. And I'm going to, you know, because if I don't, it's going to bounce to my 20 and we lose all field position, but I'm just going to catch here on the 45. If I can get five, 10 yards, great. We'll be in their territory. No big deal. So he was trying so hard to catch it to not lose that field position because it's such a point of emphasis that when it became an absolute booming kick, 
I mean, it's just kind of like a, you know, to be cliche, catch 22 or anything that can go wrong yeah. will or just whatever. But he was trying to make the right play. And when you're an athlete, you're trying to make the right play. That's a point of emphasis for Florida State uh, right now to try and catch the, the, the punt and not lose that field position. And so shout out their kicker. You know, I think that was the play of the game. His punt was the play of the game because it put um, Wilson in an awkward position and uh, where he tried to make a play. He's an athlete. He tried yeah. to make a play. And, and I mean, he ended up losing FSU the game. Obviously, they had a chance. They could have gotten stops. We had a, a, a bad missed tackle on a third and long that would have put mm-hmm. Florida into a field goal attempt. I and mean, there were other plays that could have been made. It's not all on Wilson. But I thought that was the, the, the biggest play of the game. And unfortunately, it went against us. I thought that I thought that Florida State would be better than Florida head to head. The yardage was very similar. The yeah. you know, uh, I think, think twenty three like, first downs each, like yeah. three turnovers uh, each. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very very similar game. Uh, the difference in the game was points off turnovers, and and I think that yeah. you know if you take that away, Florida State outplayed Florida. You know, and yeah. but you can't take turnovers away. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, going down to uh, Florida State does fight back. I'll say this before we go to the yeah. kick. Florida State does fight back. Something they've done all year at twenty four seven. I was like, man, we're really just going to get blown out here. Like this is that's yeah. this is cool. Like you're in you danger know, zone. Yeah, every, everything we thought we had, we we don't. Florida State did not uh, give up again. You know, I'm not into the moral victory thing. You know, right now, but uh, came back and responded with a seven play, seventy one yard drive for a touchdown. Trayshawn Ward around the right side for nineteen yards took it in. Um, Florida State's defense goes out and gets a pretty quick. Uh, it wasn't a three and out, but they did give up one first down. Yeah, and then uh, force a punt there. The gentleman's uh, three and out, right? Yeah, <laughs> good one. I like it. Um, have you ever? I've never heard that before. Did you just make that up? Yeah, because well, I mean, you know, gentleman's well, sweep, obviously. Yeah, yeah. gentleman's sweep. Yeah, yeah I, I was just thinking about that. Uh, that was good. I like that. Um, Anybody else uh, complain about no sound? Carol just said we're not having any sound. If somebody else could give me a thumbs up if you can hear us, uh, give me a thumbs down if you if you can't. Make um, the wife tune in real quick. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll pull up my phone. We'll keep going because it's it's looking like there's sound on on my end, but I'll uh, I'll pull it up. Just now, I can I can definitely hear it. Yeah. Um, now, Carol, try your uh, yeah, try your um, volume button comment your uh volume on there but florida state and florida trade punts a little bit and florida state ends up scoring with just under a minute to go to cut it to 21 24 florida runs the clock out um after i don't want to harp on this but yeah one of the worst onside kicks that i've ever seen (laughs) yeah i mean just totally whiffed on the ball and i didn't know the rule like he like that what bizarre like a if you're an official that's something you probably learn but you never have to ever worry about that um. Yeah, man, it it was bad, but you know, again, the odds of even if he kicks it perfect, the odds of recovering are still you know less than fifteen percent probably. Um. So it, it we can't. That's not the reason we lost the game by any means. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, we would have liked to see the opportunity uh, if we had recovered it because if we do at that point, we have all the momentum, right? And uh, you're going to have great field possession. Not a lot of time left, obviously, but you only need three points, but you can take some shots. So. Yeah, it, it, again, a, a, the game, uh, I'm not mad at Florida State and how they played. There was just uh, several plays and, and scenarios that stand out um, that I'm sure if we won the game, uh, you know, we may mention it, but we don't harp on it like we are now just because, you know, wins and losses do matter. 
you know, Florida State finishes now five and seven, no bowl game for the third time in the past four years. Um, so that there's a lot of frustrated fans on the timeline, and, and that's okay. Five and seven, you know, should not be acceptable at Florida State. But we got some reinforcements coming in, and uh, you know, uh, before we finish up uh, this, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of recruiting stuff. Uh, but let's put a bow on the the game real quick. But yeah, frustrating. Had our chances, um, just couldn't capitalize uh, when we needed to, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's you know, like I said, I thought Florida State outside of to me the big thing was if 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 either defensive line completely outplayed the other i thought that that team would win or if either team had made the detrimental mistakes um in the turnover game that that team would win there were no massive splash plays there were no like 50 yard busted coverage bombs um but the uh, but at the end of the day florida state's turnovers were absolutely detrimental um, yeah. And based on where they happen and how they happen, they could not capitalize on Florida's turnovers. And to me, that was completely um, the difference in the game. Ron, you just mentioned this. I, you know, I don't know if this is the real Ron Simmons or not, but uh, <laughs> if, if we would, if Travis would realize how much time was left on the clock, we could have called a timeout, kicked the field goal, and fumble on the punt return. Hey, I completely agree on that. I think Travis has to know to get down there. What I will say is that um, I thought the UF clock, the guys running the UF clock were consistently letting like a second or two, you know, drop off every, um, you know, outage or whatever, like any time mm-hmm. the ball, I, you know, Florida State picked up the first down there on that play you're talking about with nine seconds left and just kind of being up yeah. in the press box. It was pretty easy to look at that and kind of be aware of what was going on. Uh, they let it run down to six. So that snap happened with six seconds left. Again, I do think Travis needs to know that, but I think that if the clock would have been operated correctly, if there was any way that Norvell could have, I don't know if you, I don't think you'd want to challenge that, you know, but yeah. if you do, you know, you, you may have, you may have the ability to get a few seconds back on there. Cause when, when we got tackled, there was definitely nine seconds left. So even if you said like, Oh, another second runs off should have really been eight. Yeah. There should have been time for a spike and a, and it's a down, you know, be able to yeah to get it down there um okay so florida state finishes five and six a uh, five and seven sorry um you know we'll obviously point to what we felt was a turnaround um in the second half of the season um and an effort level that was increased um on a level of play that was increased over the last eight games yeah. of, the, of the season the last seven and a half because i thought the some of that Syracuse game wasn't great either, but um, you know, Plus the jumping I think off you point. saw. I think you saw a team that got better as the mm-hmm. as the season went along, and I, I do think that if we'd have won yesterday, it definitely would would make things feel better today. It's it's hard to have a lot of positives um, after a loss because it does sound like moral victory crap, but. Yeah. What I'll say is in a game where you were a three-point underdog on the road and you end up going and losing by three points to a rival and you play them pretty much toe-for-toe, they just make a play or two more than you. I don't know that there's a lot positive or negative to take away from that game. I don't think that that game is that important. I think that it would have been important to get those bowl practices, but I don't think that that game – 
makes much difference in recruiting. I don't know that that game makes much difference for anything with any substance or that matters. Like you're not going to miss out on this top 10 recruit because you did that. And you're not going to sign. If you'd have won yesterday, you weren't going to sign 10 more five-star. You know, it just wasn't. It's frustrating as a fan. You certainly want to win. I think what we saw was we saw progression over the second half of the season. We were trying to find two wins on the schedule after the loss to UMass. I'm sorry, after the loss to Jacksonville State, knowing that the only one we knew was a win was UMass. And uh, Florida State ends up going five and three uh, down the stretch. Um, every so, yeah, single but- one of those, every single one of those wins. Uh, all, I'm sorry. All of those, every single game in the last eight, besides Syracuse and UMass, Florida State was an underdog, and they went three and three as an underdog. You know, yeah, down the stretch, and well, to- you know they they really should have lost all six, but they didn't. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to have Vegas said they should have lost all six. Um, yeah, you can point to you know the the first. I'm still more upset about the Jacksonville State game and the Louisville game than I am about the Florida. So real, real quick, with leaving, walking back to the car um, after the game, uh, you know, I went, I rode up with three Gator fans and myself. Um, I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, you know, uh, but they're all rational. And my buddy Cody looks at me. He's like, "So he's like, what'd you think?" I'm like, one of my first thoughts that I said to him was, "We lost to Jacksonville State, or else we'd be going to a bowl right now." Um, and, and I do think that matters because if, if you lose to Florida, but you still have a bowl, you get those extra practices. And that's what Florida State really needs because you have a lot of young guys. You know, guys like Jermaine Johnson here, Thomas, probably would not play in a bowl game. But that means the people replacing them next year would get those 10 extra practices, would get those reps, get that live game action in a bowl. That's the most frustrating part to me. When I think of the 2021 20, uh, season for Florida State, I will think a terrible start, some really impressive um, improvements and progression throughout the season, but Jacksonville state still happened. Um, but obviously the, the top one for me, is going to be the Miami in that fourth and 14, just to finish that with a positive uh, spin right there. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you know, Florida state's start was, um, absolutely inexcusable and there is no, like, you know, they could have, after the Jacksonville state game, they could have won the next 10 games. And we still would have said like, now nah, we still can't lose to Jacksonville state. Yeah. Right. Like they still bring up the ULM game in in Tuscaloosa, not as much because they won a bunch of titles <laughs> since then. But if we win like seven of the next 10 titles, like yeah. did, we, we won't bring it up either. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you have to, you ha- there has to be nuance and there has to be, um, reasonability. Like you have to be a reasonable person and understanding the difference between the start at 0 and 4 and then coming down the stretch at 5 and 3 over your last eight, uh, that is absolutely growth, right? Winning yeah. three of those five as an underdog. Yeah, losing is. to the other, losing to the other three, you lose to Clemson by three, minus the flute play at the end. Yeah. You lose to NC State. By 14, but you were in that game until very late, and then you lose on the road against uh, Florida as a uh, as a three point dog, you know, and, yeah. and you lose by three. You didn't get blown out. You stayed in it. Had a chance at the end, couldn't get it done. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it would have felt better to win that game, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think that anything really changes too much yeah. with this program's trajectory based on yesterday. Yesterday yeah. would have been a nice to have. And the when you look at it, and it. Obviously, you know, the history books will not reflect this, but 
you know, he was five and one in his Mike Norvell was five and one in his final six games when he had Jordan Travis start play and finish the game. Right. You know, the uh, was NC state was the flu game. So that, that really frustrates me too. You know, obviously there's nothing you can do when there's a flu outbreak on the team, but I would have liked to see in a healthy Florida state team with Jordan Travis against NC state. Cause I think that would have been a really good game. Um, and then Florida, like you mentioned, TJ, not having Jordan Travis, the fact that right when I get to my seats, I'm seeing McKenzie Milton come off the field and the next series, Tate Roadmakers going onto the field. I'm like, oh boy, we're, we're, we're in it bad right now. And Travis comes back and who knows, maybe if he plays the whole game, like you said, he had them driving. Maybe we score early and, uh, you know, this team, this Florida team, you know, I will say it looked like they played extremely hard for Greg Knox and they wanted to get him that win. Um, but if they go down, you know, you know, obviously they score the early touchdown, but if you immediately respond and take lead to the half, if you're up, say, 17-7 at the half, maybe they quit. I don't know, but that didn't happen. Yeah. We know how the game played out. So here we yeah, are. Yeah, I, I do think, yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough to, it's tough to, it's tough to speculate. It's tough to yeah. um, really kind of know what would what would happen what wouldn't what i will say is um florida did their best driving with emory jones on the field and and what ended up happening was he turned the ball over too much but they drove down for the first play of the game 75 yards um, on his second interception drive they drove the ball 41 yards and they were inside of uh, field goal territory around our 35 on his next drive they drove the ball 66 yards and had um the ball first and goal on the nine. So they were driving the ball really well with Emory. I'll, I'll say that he, he is a, uh, as, as bad as he was yesterday at times, he's a better passer than Anthony Richardson. He went 16 for 24, had 163 yards. The problem were, were the three interceptions. I, I think that if not for the muff punt, if not for Travis being hurt, I mean, Anthony Richardson came in and threw five, I mean, he had five completions on the day, right? He, he wasn't, they, they know his limitations as a passer, there's a reason he wasn't throwing the ball a ton. Um, they weren't driving on us um, outside of when we gave them short fields with turnovers. And, and to me, that was the biggest difference. He was able to capitalize on that. Um, he didn't really run the ball super well. He had 11 carries for 27 yards. And we talked with, um, we talked with Nick, you know, I don't know if he was hundred percent healthy either. Um, but where they were able to capitalize was after our turnovers on short fields. And then when our defense had been on the field for quite a long time um, and Pierce kind of ran all over us uh, on that last touchdown drive for them. And when, I hate uh, that because that's going to be, I've seen a lot of that in my friends even said after the game, like, man, we kind of dominated the ground game. Look back, Florida only averaged three yards a carry. Richardson only had two and a half yards a carry. Florida state did a phenomenal job shutting down, um, I think Florida was, they were top five in the nation in yards per carry coming into the game. Yeah. So shout out to, you know, Odell Puchis and Fuller on the, for that aspect of it. But like you said, that all the plays people are going to remember are that touchdown. They're going to remember Pierce's helmet coming off and him just continuing to run and getting that, I'll say, a ridiculous penalty. I know that's the rule. Um, but yeah, the defense did a great job containing them, but Florida just converted when it mattered. And that sometimes that's what games come down to. Yeah, they did. They took advantage of our mistakes, ended up getting it um, done when they had to. I thought, you know, the fourth and goal from the three, I, I thought that if Florida State could have found a way to get that stop on fourth and goal from the three, I don't yeah. know how much I love our chances going 97 yes. yards, but, yeah. you know, I think we did go 71 yards right after that and yeah. scored a touchdown. So, um, 
I like the effort. I just didn't like the execution. I think that, that was the, the biggest issue. So, um, okay. So we'll, we'll jump into some other things. Um, got a question here. I mean, it's actually from Harlan. I, the APR thing is funny. I don't know. I, I don't know that at Florida state would even acceptable right now. And the biggest reason just being, because I think they want to get on the trail. Like, I don't know what are your thoughts around that, Richie. Like if, if, if they were to I, offer us a bowl at five and seven, I, I kind of, you need to practice. Important? The practice is way more important than the one or two yeah. recruits that may get that you're trying to flip or something. Yeah. I, I think those practices are, are way more valuable than any time on the trail. That's my opinion personally. Yeah. I don't know that I would say they're way more valuable. Like, you know, if you like a one to get, 10, it, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say sixty four, or no, I'd say seventy thirty. You may go a little lower than me, but I'd say seventy thirty. Yeah, I'd say it's closer to sixty forty, which you know we're splitting yeah. hairs at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, you know, I also think I don't know. Maybe part of that answer is also a little bit of a pride thing. Like, yeah. do I want to go to a bowl with a five and seven record? Yeah. You know, do, you know, is is Jordan Travis one hundred percent healthy? Do I, you know, yeah. like uh, those things? Yeah. I don't know that it matters to get Tate. You know, yeah, and it's some of, some of that's combined because offensive uh, line is the offensive line one hundred percent healthy. Like I, I do agree with you. Like some of those guys yeah. that would opt out, and you could get reps for other guys. But yeah. like, I also don't want to throw like offensive linemen out there that like just need to rest up. For yeah, year. that's true. But we we also <laughs> have the, we're expecting official visitors and I, I would love to have a Kevin Coleman, the five-star receiver out of St. Louis. If he does make it, well, he'd be unofficially because he already uses official, but if he could unofficially visit Florida state, I'd love it to be for a bowl practice, right? Any recruits that come back uh, before the early signing period, December 20th, I would love it if they could do that in a practice and they could, Mike Norvell can walk them around practice. Um, but like we saw them doing with Tyree West, uh, the Georgia commit yeah. that Florida state's heavily on. I mean, obviously the bowl, I think, helps both recruiting and obviously the development of the team. But if there's not a bowl, Mike Provell could do things like he did this morning when he's only been in Tallahassee on running on two hours sleep. Yeah. So he took off at 6 a.m. this morning to go and see A.J. Duffy. Um, also um, made a stop by. So, yeah, I don't know where we land on that. I, I, I'm at the end of the day, I don't want to go to a bowl at five and seven. Like I don't want to back yeah. the door my way into a bowl. Yeah, I, you have a losing six, record. I would have. Yeah, at six and six, I would have loved to. The only way I would take it though is if we could win our bowl, go six and seven, and Florida loses their bowl, so that we all end up with the same. Like that'd be fine <laughs> with me. Um, I I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I do you think Florida accepts their invite? At six and six, yeah, I think so. Because they, because they are, they can, they, they well, already have, have their now. coaches. Yeah, they paid. have a coach now. Yeah, that's yeah, true. they already have their coaches paid. So let those coaches continue to work. Get those guys the practice and the reps and stuff. I don't know that it benefits them that much because it's going to be a whole new system and scheme and things like that. So, yeah. you know, but some kids will go have fun. Yeah, like they'll, they'll enjoy the. Enjoy their, Do you think you they know. implement the new scheme? Because I remember when Jimbo left us, we had Willie hired, but we just kept running what we've been running all year. Right? No, uh, that's what I'm saying. They don't implement yeah. a new scheme. It's just going to yeah. be the same stuff. You can't implement a new scheme with no. new guys. and It'll just yeah. – so I don't think a bowl benefits them that much. You know, yeah. um, they – I also – something like they had like 25 seniors or something yesterday. Like there's a lot of – there's going to be a lot of turnover yeah. on that roster too. Yeah. Um, so um, – on the road to see Duffy this morning, among others, Javante Barnes is a four-star running back. Josh Newborger of Knowles 247 reported that he thought that OU led for Barnes, but with Riley heading to USC, things could get interesting. 
Harlan was quick to point out that his last visit was to USC. I don't know if Javante knew that or not, but we'll see if um, we'll see if if that was a kid that was committed to OU or committed to yeah. Riley, uh, based on where he ends up. Obviously, reminds you know, me of uh, Jay Sean Corbin committed to Florida State, ends up at Texas A&M with Jimbo, right? And then comes back to us. How great! I'm, I'm <laughs> right. getting, this, getting this kid a year in. So. Um, Anyway, we'll see kind of what ends up going down there. I, I want to do a, you know, I don't know exactly when, but I want to do a recruiting episode fairly soon uh, with signing day coming up uh, quickly. I think that that would be a ton of fun, um, but kind of stay tuned and, and stay updated on that. Maybe yeah. we'll do something with one of those 247 guys. Um, yeah, and Florida State currently has the 13th best class in the country, 16 commits, two five-stars, four four-stars, 10 three-stars, 89.76 composite average. Um, looking for the rivals, uh, I'd have to hit the load more button. Wait, no, Florida's at 31st. All right, and I, Miami's not even on the first page um, for anyone keeping score at home. I like us having the best class. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I think that ideally Florida State could bump um, up I don't know if they can get top 10, but if they could bump up to like 12, stay around 13, staying top 15 would be great. Yeah. Right. Keep who you have, right? Keep you have right in. now. Give me a Julian Armella. Give me Marvin Jones Jr. If, if, if Dorville can pull off Armella and Marvin Jones Jr. And again, they're two legacies. So you, you would think it's a slam dunk, but it's, it's not when other schools like, you know, Alabama and LSU are come calling, but LSU doesn't have a coach. They, I, they thought they had their coach and, no, so it, it'll be interesting. This coaching carousel is going to be very interesting for the recruiting uh, early signing period. I'd love to ask one of the, you know, either Newberg, Glowstein, uh, one of those two four seven guys, what what this coaching carousel means for the early signing period. Are we going to have more players wait than we have seen in previous years? I don't know. I think kids still want to come in quickly. Yeah. You know, I think I think places that I, I know you just said you wanted to ask them, but I'll answer for you. <laughs> I think that places that have guys committed and stability, they'll still commit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think anybody on our list. Well, the thing is, I don't think anybody on our list is potentially looking at other schools that have openings. And so like mm -hmm. wanting to go somewhere. So like if a kid was deciding between us and just whomever, and both mm -hmm. of those coaches staffs are still stable, then I, well, yeah, I don't really point, see yeah. there being, a, I don't really see there. And you know, as many openings as there are, what 30 openings, there's yeah. still a hundred stable jobs right like so yeah you know I, I would say that it probably doesn't impact it too much fortunately a lot of stability around what we're doing yeah. so i'd imagine that we don't take too, yeah. too big of a hit i will say transition classes are usually terrible like willie's oh, transition class yeah. was terrible because you've got to take on like reaches you've got to take on guys that aren't going to qualify you got to take on mm -hmm. guys that oh why did this why did alabama drop this five star or four star yeah. i mean they'll drop yeah. fives why did alabama drop this four star you know Oh, we'll take him. Alabama didn't want him. Yeah. He oh, yeah. Why, exactly. field, right? why is this oh. four-star available this late in the game and considering uh, me as a brand new coach at this school? That, right. That's, and it, that, oh. again, that that's every, uh, I think Newberg says it every year, like the transition class. And it's not just a Willie thing. It's not, a, you know, a, any coach thing. Every single coach, their first class in the early signing period has been, they, they have over 50% attrition rate on average, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, Anyway, we, we will see kind of what ends up happening there. But I, I like where we stand on that. We'll, yeah. we'll kind of see as things get a little bit closer. But I like the, uh, I like the shape that we're um, in on that side. And what, so, one last one. I know I said Florida, Miami. 
somewhat surprisingly, and I don't know what, what's left on their board, Clemson's ranked 11th, uh, just two spots ahead of Florida State right now. And Venable's name is being floated to Oklahoma. Could be something to keep an eye on. So I'm going to look that up real quick because I do kind of want to know um, just on that, how many commits, like what's their average star ranking compared to ours? So Clemson's is a 92.79 and Florida State's at 89.76. So so decently better. They actually only have one star compared to one five star compared to Florida State's two, but they have four or 10 four stars compared to Florida State having four four stars and Clemson has just three stars. Uh, they have 14 commits. We have 16. So their class is better uh, pretty much by every metric, but Florida State does have the more five stars. Yeah. Um, and if they can add Marvin Jones Jr., Julian Armella, I don't know. Again, I don't know who's left on Clemson's board, but Florida State could make a push for top 10 here. Mac Brown yeah. may get fired and that North Carolina's class could fall apart. Yeah, I will say Clemson, and, and my point with that was, you know exactly where I was going. Clemson does traditionally take a little bit smaller classes. You know, we have nine three-stars where they have three, you know, kind of helping that. So I don't expect our rating to get higher than theirs, but we could we could finish a little bit higher. Yeah. Uh, Florida State needs more guys, though. Like, you know, they're, well, I, they're, the I roster is over the transfer portal. And, yeah. yeah. We so, got to hit the portal this year. Um, and then, because if Mike can sign this class as is, and again, add, I think Julian Armel is going to sign with us. I'm still not sure on Marvin Jones Jr. Kevin Coleman, again, the five star receiver from St. Louis, looks like Oregon, but if he ends up in Tallahassee again before the early signing period, I think we can sign him. That's a foundation you can build upon, right? Yeah. The best problem, we didn't have much of a foundation. Imagine what this team's record is without transfers. Because you think Jordan Travis, Jay Sean Corbin, here Thomas, Robert Jones Jr., Jamie Robinson, all those guys started their college career somewhere else. And that's no way to build a consistent program. You don't hear that at Alabama, at Georgia, at Clemson, at Ohio State. Right. It's all guys they recruited, and we need to get there. But unfortunately, I think we need one more big year in the portal before we can start relying on that foundation that Mike's building here. Yeah, I agree. I think we're close, but um, not 100% there just yet. Okay. Um, we had a basketball minute on Thursday's preview episode. It was quick to have a quick turnaround and do one right now, but we will do one on next Sunday's episode. We'll start doing them on Sunday again because we won't have Thursday episodes because there's no more games to preview. Is my wife happy about that. <laughs> Unless the five and seven Kings give us that uh, APR. Which I don't anticipate. I haven't no. really heard any talk about that, but we'll see. Uh, bowl bowl yeah. announcements would be next week. So, um, but we have a little bit of a basketball update, Richie. There was a game last week, a little bit closer than we would have liked it to be. <laughs> but talk to us about the game last week, and then uh, who Florida State has coming up. Yeah, Florida State found themselves in a dogfight with Boston. No, not Boston College, Boston University. Um, not a great team. You know, they're four and three on the season, including the loss of Florida State, but they just kept it close the whole time. You know, the first half was kind of back and forth. They, you know, several lead changes. Uh, Florida State came out early, took, you know, an eight point lead of 48 40 um, in the second half. And uh, even late in the last, you know, had a six point lead with 117 left and, and uh, some missed free throws in Boston just kind of forced us to overtime. And they were about to pull the upset in the TLC double C, which would have been a shocker. Uh, but thank goodness, Caleb Mills, very aggressive driving to the rim, gets not a terrible shot, a little off balance, uh, misses it with just a few seconds left, but freshman five-star Matthew Cleveland right there to clean it up. Uh, Florida State wins it at the buzzer, which was very exciting, but at the same time, you're like, oh man, I don't know. Um, but you know, going back to 20, the 2019 team that 
you know, that they had their season canceled from COVID, unfortunately. Everyone thought that was Ham's best team to include myself, the best team he's ever assembled. You know, they lost to Pitt early in the season, and then they had a loss to uh, Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and then rarely did they lose again. So it's, you know, it, it's when you have so many new pieces together for this team, it's going to take to mid-January, early February for this to see what this potential could be. And I love the potential of this team, but you know, th- there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be another hiccup or two along the way. And it, we might see it Tuesday night because they're once again, they're playing a, in the state of Indiana in the big 10 or ACC challenge and Purdue number three team in the country. Um, my goodness, man, they, they beat Villanova. Who's number five. They beat UNC. Who's okay. I think Florida state's better than North Carolina. Um, I think Villanova would probably beat Florida state in a neutral court right now. So going to Purdue, who I have, if I had to pick right now, a final four, Purdue would be in there. That's a tough ask. I just hope they keep it close and respectable and have a chance to win late because if they do that, that would be a huge, huge feather in, in coach Ham's cap for, for this year's team. Not that he needs any more feathers for his career. Yeah. Well, I could think of that I want him to have. Yeah. You and me both. Um, yeah. Going to be a tough one, but uh, I ain't going to this with low expectations and, can only be surprised right like <laughs> nobody's going into purdue this year and saying like oh we definitely got this win yeah. by nobody i mean nobody. pretty much every team uh, that plays at purdue would be a, a double digit dog of the 300 teams there might be 10 that would not be a double digit dog right. heading there this year yeah it's it's uh it's daunting but we'll see what can happen my college basketball is yeah. weird upsets happen sure. um all right college soccer uh, fsu soccer plays in the college cup on friday um that will be uh, time to not yet announced if I could speak, get the words out of my mouth. That'd be great. They play Rutgers, who was the one seed on this side of the bracket. Um, Rutgers beat Arkansas in penalty kicks. Florida State beat Michigan. Uh, we keep running into them in the playoffs. Uh, you think about the 2016 Orange Bowl. You think about basketball a couple of years in a row. Florida State beats Michigan one nothing on a goal by Beata Olsen, our friend that was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, in overtime, in Golden Goal overtime, if Florida State play, uh, beats Rutgers, they will play on Sunday for the national championship at 8 p.m. Eastern against the winner of Santa Clara and BYU. And I usually don't watch a ton of women's soccer outside of FSU. I want Santa Clara. I will be watching and cheering hard for Santa Clara because I think we have yes. a little bit of retribution. Let's get, let's get through Rutgers first. Let's, uh, let's not overlook them. Uh, they are the highest remaining seed uh, besides Florida State remaining. So I, I do want think that rematch, that game- TJ. Yeah, it would be tough, but I would love to see Santa Clara. And I'm sure Santa Clara would love to see us too. I yeah. mean, they're, you know, they, you know, a team that beat the best last year would also want to do that again. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right because Santa Clara, they're probably tired of hearing people say last year was an asterisk, right? Flute, oh, yeah. you it won, was, but you won twice. a penalties, right? Yeah. So, um, anyway, check out uh, and support the soccer team who, again, will play at some. I imagine they'd make us the late game. But the yeah. game is in Santa Clara, so I don't know who. I don't know if Santa Clara schedule. Well, no, I, I think we'll be the early game because I think the higher seed plays earlier, just uh, for the you know small benefit of rest. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'd rather be the PM game though. Yeah, um, as a fan, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll see how the NCAA does that. I'm sure the NCAA get it right. Uh, right, they never. <laughs> yeah, they, they they never get anything wrong, right? <laughs> The volleyball selection show is tonight at 8.30 p.m. Our team finished 19-9 and and 11-7 and in conference. Um, had some really good wins this year. Some really tough – the ACC is really, really tough. Had some tough losses as well. But uh, shout-out to uh, the volleyball team. 
and we've got our fingers crossed for the selection show tonight at 8.30. Women's Hoops is 4-2. and two. They play Thursday against Illinois in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. A little bit easier than the men taking on Purdue this week. So hopefully the women, after a couple of tough, really close losses, can get back on the winning streak by beating Illinois. And we will have a full recap of all things FSU athletics on doublefriesnoslaw.com first thing tomorrow morning. Check that out if you can into the winter and so our winter sports are going to get going and rolling fairly soon basketball's already going and uh you know tennis beach volleyball is a spring sport all these other ones that we've had these coaches on and stuff will be coming down the pike so check out doublefriesnoslaw.com for updates on all of it <sighs> take a breath richie you got any shout outs or anything before we get out of here uh, yeah, two quick ones. Shout out Sam in the Listen Up podcast. He, he texted me this morning to fill in for Brandon while he was on the road. So I had a lot of fun with Sam um, and, and Reggie YAHB from the uh, timeline hopped on for a little bit. Um, and then shout out to Michael. I don't know his last name, TJ, but I would, would not have gone to the game yesterday. Uh, but TJ sent me a text saying, hey, I know a guy who said he's willing to give you not just you, but you and a friend a free ticket to the game. I'm like, uh, I don't know. He's like midfield, like, you know, first 20 rows I'm like okay I'll, I'll go so it, he he was so nice enough to give me and I, I sat with him at the game really cool guy so definitely want to shout him out and, and say thank you for those tickets my buddy Dustin Dustin's out with him too is he the UF guy no no Dustin's an FSU guy I don't know I I, I, I met everyone he was with we I, we were talking the whole game so I, I probably had six Dustin's the guy with like arms like this big he's like super jacked yeah yeah so country accent from Tennessee yeah, him another Gator guy um but yeah was, shout out the for the those free tickets I they uh we definitely enjoyed it even though the result wasn't what we wanted yeah enjoyed it for sure okay cool um we will be back on when is signing day it's in two weeks right there's a big recruiting weekend. Yeah, there's a big recruiting weekend coming up, and then I think it's like the week after. So actually, it's like a week before Christmas. So I'll be there in two and a half weeks. But uh, we'll be back on Sunday. I can't imagine we do a pop-up yeah. between now and then. Back on Sunday to talk some recruiting, talk some different things at SU Athletics. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about the playoff. We'll make sure that we go live yeah. after. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go live after the uh, announcement of what's going on in the playoff, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, and we'll see if FSU gets into a bowl. Hey, what I'm really wanting is I'm really wanting Miami and Florida to play in a bowl. I think that'd, that'd be, be a lot fun. Of fun. Yeah. Um, it, it'd probably be here in Tampa. So I'd enjoy that for sure. So, um, fingers crossed one of those, te- <laughs> the bad thing about that is one of those teams is going to win. And then they get, yeah. the, I, I'd rather them both go to a bowl where they have a chance to lose, but if they, if they don't play, well, you need enough, Miami to win if the, if they do play, right. Otherwise oh, yeah. Florida gets the state championship and we yeah. can't have that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucks either way. But the problem is if they both play like a bat, like if they don't play each other, they're going to play like some school that F in the blind. They'll both end up winning. Yeah. So maybe it's better that one of them end up uh, end up making a – having a loss. So anyway, we will uh, talk more next Sunday. Thank you guys for hanging out. As always, thanks for tuning in and interacting. Until next time, go Dolls. Go. Nope.